Welcome to Sunday Worship at St. Matthew's Baptist Church, led by our senior pastor of over 34 years, Dr. Raymond M. Gordon Sr. Our worship service is made up of three facets, information, invocation, and inspiration. Information consists of pertinent topics that Pastor Gordon would like to share with you to engage and edify. Invocation consists of prayer and preparation for worship. Inspiration consists of our praise to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and pastor's delivery of the word.
St. Matthews, we are totally committed to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus is God the Son and the Son of God. It is our desire that you become saved right where you sit by professing your belief in Jesus Christ and asking him into your life. The Bible says that Jesus our Savior died for all your sins. He was buried and rose on the third day with all power in his hands. To be saved, just pray this prayer with me right now. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day. I believe you are God the Father's only begotten Son. Lord, come into my life and save my soul. If you've done that, email, call, or write us so we can send you written materials on your newfound faith. We have a ministry for your entire family. We'd love to invite you to our online service here at St. Matthew's Baptist Church under the direction of our senior pastor, Dr. Raymond M. Gordon Sr. Here at St. Matthew's, pastor has been preaching the word of God, rightly dividing it with truth and transparency for over 33 years. We've seen thousands of lives transformed. Even though we're living through an unprecedented time, and even though our church is closed due to the pandemic, we'd love for you to download our SMBC app through your Google Play Store or through the Apple App Store for real-time live updates. Additionally, we'd like for you to follow us on Instagram at SMBChurchNJ or on Facebook at St. Matthew's Baptist Church of Williamstown, New Jersey. In addition to that, we'd love for you to subscribe to our YouTube channel at SMBCTV where you can learn about our online services, our Wednesday night core Bible studies, and even our Zoom schedules at this time. Finally, don't forget to remain faithful through your giving by tithing online through our church website or by using our SMBC app or by mailing in your tithes to our church address at P.O. Box 817, Williamstown, New Jersey, 08094. Have a blessed day. the center of my joy all that's good and perfect comes from you you're the heart of my contentment hope for all I do Jesus you're the center of my joy. When I've lost my direction, you're the compass for my way. You're the fire and light when the nights are dark and cold. In sadness, you are the laughter that shatters all my fears when I'm all alone. Your hand is there to hold 
simple things in life. You're the music in the meadows and the streams. The voices of the children, my family and my home. You're the start and finish of my heart. Jesus, you're the center of my joy. Yes, all that's good and perfect, Lord, it comes from you, and you're the heart of my contentment. Hope for all I do, Jesus, you are the center of my joy. Oh, Jesus, you are the center of my joy. When I'm lonely, feeling sad. You are the lifter of my head. You're my hope and you're my song. You're my strength all day long. You're the son of David, seed of Abraham. Stone you out a mountain. You're a meek and humble lamb. Oh, Jesus, you're the center of my joy, my joy. Are you ready for the word? Miraculous, exalted name of the Lord Jesus Christ and truly God is good, and he's good all the time. He sits high and he looks low. He's king of kings, and Jesus is Lord of lords. We praise God. We pray that you would be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We trust that you will live by faith, walk by faith, believe by faith, wait by faith, Amen. We thank God for who he is. Now this morning, sorrowfully, I have to announce the homegoing, the untimely death of one of our great, great associate ministers, Reverend Michael Poole, 
who was with me over 30 years, faithful, faithful, and very faithful. And uh, we're going to celebrate his homegoing this coming Friday, the 11th at 10 a.m., and we're going to stream it so that you and your family can watch it during this pandemic. We are allowing some people to come to the church, and uh, we're going to have a a fast-moving service, and the eulogy will be preached by me, such a faithful, faithful servant, and we're going to miss him, but he has graduated to glory, and we're going to rejoice in the God of our salvation. I want you to tune in on Friday, 10 a.m., amen, and uh, we will celebrate Hallelujah, his home going. Continue to pray for his lovely wife, Carla, and the children and family. And we are going to be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for our labor is not in vain. I also want to continually thank you for your cards, your gifts, your monetary gifts during my anniversary. They are well appreciated, and I love you for it. Thank you so much. And remember to be faithful and tithe online. Send in your envelopes to P.O. Box 817, Williamstown, New Jersey, 08094. And uh, we we are uh, walking by faith. Every day, we're walking by faith, trusting Jesus and Jesus alone. This morning, we move to our commitment to the family. Commitment to the family. And I'm um, um, going to pour out for you what the Bible says. I believe in preaching truth. Amen. And uh, we thank God from whom all blessings flow. And my text is Ephesians 5.21 to Ephesians 6.9. That is a composite picture of the family and, and, and the functioning of that family. Now let me stop pausing park because Um, all of us were exposed to different things regarding the family. And when you look at Ephesians 5.21, it says, Submitting yourselves, hallelujah, uh, one to another in the fear of God. Now, before we dive into the family, there's no use diving unless you live in the fear of God. The fear is the reverencing for God. Everything done in this portion of Scripture is predicated in 5.18 on us being filled with the Spirit, not drunk, amen, but filled with the Spirit, amen, and then functioning as a unit in the fear of God. Amen. That when we get to the text, wives are submissive as they are to the fear of God. Husbands are loving as they are to the fear of God. We're going to elaborate on this portion of scripture. But the family was God's first institution on earth, Genesis 2. The other institutions were government, Genesis 9, and the church, the ecclesia, called out ones, Acts 2. Three different institutions that God instituted. The first is the family. Adam, Eve, Cain, Abel, Seth. When we look at this institution, 
of the family, from a biblical perspective, it is the word family, oikos, where we get our word house. It is a house, a unit of people who have faith in God, who have rich fellowship, amen, people who have fidelity, amen, people who, amen, are, listen to this, are in an environment of passion, procreation, having children, and, amen, preparation for the future. It is a unit of people. And let me stop Paul's Park because there are different types of family. There's the nuclear or traditional family made up of a father, mother, and biological children. We see that in scripture. Then we have the single parent family where one parent is raising the kids. They're, amen. They alone, listen to this, are raising them for the good, the guidance, and the growth of their family. Hard job. And then third, there's the blended family. And the blended family is work because they, that, 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 that consists of multiple parts, amen, non-biological. We see that in Scripture also, non-biological, where uh, siblings come together and they have to be introduced. There's got to be a lot of acceptance, acknowledgement, and adjustments, a lot of prayer, a lot of understanding, different parents, different children, different background, diverse uh, disciplings, different mentalities. It's bringing different things into one. Some were divorced, some, some were abandoned, uh, and, and you're bringing all this together in one, and you're attempting to live as one. Um, we're looking at these families throughout Scripture, and the interesting thing is that as we concentrate on this family unit, amen, we, we see that the father is the discipler, the priest, the head, amen, the developer, the instructor, the mother's the nurturer, and the manager of the home and close companion to the husband. We, we begin to uh, understand that maybe our upbringing didn't fit the Bible. That as we look at the Word of God, we, we see this unit, amen, of individuals coming together, amen, and, and, and they're coming together, amen, for growth and guidance and ultimately the glory of Almighty God. And as we look at this all in the family is my title, amen, that God instituted the family unit and the wife is to be a close, close companion to the husband. And we'll, we'll see three, three different facets of our commitment to the family. Now, times have changed. Some of you are not going to like what I preach, but I'm going to preach it. Amen. That, that, that uh, families are made up of, amen, of relationships and rules and responsibilities 
and righteousness. We, we got to look at this whole makeup of the family, which has spiritual design and it has, hallelujah, sensitivity to discipleship and sacrificial development. I want to look at three different things. And in this context, very, very interesting. Submitting yourselves, Ephesians 5, 21, one to another in the fear of God. Two elements are in this passage from Ephesians 5, 21 to 6, 9. Two elements, submission and humility. Without submission and humility, forget the family. If you're selfish, if you're self-centered, if it's all about you, it's not going to work. The context of Ephesians 5, be not drunk with wine, a metaphor, but be filled. Let God be in control of your spirit. And then he goes on and talks about this dual submission. This dual submission that God has orchestrated for the family. And he's going to deal with the wife, the husband, and the children. And we'll get to that. But I want to begin by looking at three fundamental components of the family unit. Now, now it's interesting that uh, um, the way children are raised today, the way they were raised when I was coming up is like day and night. Children were seen, not heard. Parents didn't ask children for their opinions, uh, and, and you may have a problem with that. And we were in church every Sunday in suits, uh, we 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 did good in school, <laughs> and and uh, there were rules, a lot of rules, a lot of regulations, amen. And the ho- the home had order and obligation and obedience. That we had a respect and a restraint and a responsibility. We we had respect for elders. I had to say yes, ma'am, and no, sir fact of the matter is, is that uh, the, the, uh, as we look at uh, this portion of scripture, and some people don't want to look at it, you know, I've talked to people who say, I want to raise my kids the way I was raised. Well, God bless you, that's your call. But the Bible says to bring up a child in the way they should go. The word should denotes God has already figured it out. Amen. Spare a rod, spoil child. Proverbs. When you, when you look at uh, this matter of um, the family unit, whether it's traditional nuclear, whether it's single parent biological, uh, or w- whether it's blended family, there there they are the same principles that should in fact apply. Now the first thing that we will see is an enrichment of love within the family. Okay, a rich, an enrichment of love. And, 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 and every family must begin with the foundation of love. Now, 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 in order to meet the criteria here in Ephesians, you can't be angry, you can't live through and by your historical hurts, you can't cuss folk out, you can't be rowdy, you can't be drunk, can't be high. He, he is, he is, uh, he's telling us there needs to be an enrichment of love. 
And that love is translated, if you will, into a deep compassion, care, counsel, continual commitment, amen, classroom, hallelujah, of concerns, and and, and an ongoing, hallelujah, listen, uh, a class of instruction that coincides with God. Now, the reason I'm saying coincides with God, because we have to search out our definition of love and compare it to God's definition of love. God's definition of love is compassion, care, counsel, but also chastening. In Hebrews 12, it says, Whom the Lord chasteneth, he loveth and scourges every son. Your parents did it for their profit, but I'm doing it for your good. That when we look at this matter of God's love, it is a love of respect. For him, for one another, for your children, restraint, responsibility. The father provides for the family. The father's the priest and head of the family. And some of you wise, education has nothing to do with this. Intelligence has nothing to do with this. You have to let your husband lead. Help him, pray for him. That, that God's design here is that there is a dependence upon him. Amen. That in the biblical context, we, we have a faith and a fear in the face of Jesus Christ. And then the principles of scripture. Amen. And, 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 and we bring up a child. I like to use a Gordonism. Three C's. We are caretakers ages one to 12. Everything that child needs, the parents, gives. 13 to 18, we are coaches, just like you're coaching the team. You're coaching them on life. They're going to make mistakes. You might have to bench them, but you're coaching them. You're, amen, you're critiquing, you're, you're, you're giving them instruction. And then as they get older and go to college and get out, you, when needed, you counsel them based on your experience. So when we look at this enrichment of love, love is translated, listen to this, into tenderness. God didn't call you to beat up your child all the time. And God didn't call you to let him get away with murder. It takes tenderness, appropriate touching, and listen to this, a lot of time. You cannot ignore your child and expect them to be whole. A lot of time, a lot of tenderness, amen, a lot of tenacity as we begin to look at this matter of being a model to our kids. More is caught than taught. You can't tell them what to do when you're not doing it. You got to show them that you love their mother, husbands, because that's a child's security. Seeing the two parents love each other. Not being in the same house, not grunting at each other, not arguing with each other. But we have to establish an atmosphere of love. An enrichment of love. Now, when, when we go back to 
the scriptures on the family. Interesting. God says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Submission and humility are the two byproducts needed in order to raise a wholesome family. You got to be submitted to God and then submitted to one another, husbands and wives. You got to be humble. Amen. Uh, God didn't call you to be a king. God didn't call you to be a dictator. God called you to humbly and submissively interface for the good of the home. Subjection. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Your submission to your husband ought to reflect your submission to God. That doesn't mean to shut down and let him run over you. It doesn't mean that at all. It means submission. And again, the text is predicated on us being filled with the Spirit. It's predicated on us fearing God. It's predicated on Jesus Christ being Lord. As you are to the Lord. Husbands, love, agape, your wives. The word agape means sacrificially. You're going to have to sacrifice you're going to have to support. You're going to have to be sincere. Like Jesus was on the cross. He died for the ungodly. You're going to have to give up, amen, that which is dear to you to enrich your family with love. Lord have mercy. That, that uh, he, he talks about the husband and the wives. Love your wives as... Christ loved the church. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Uh, it took sacrifice. It took surrender. It took submission for Jesus to die for the church. For the elect. And, and, and so this enrichment of love, amen, is not just saying I love you. It's showing them that you love them. It's hallelujah. Establishing in your household a curriculum of compassion and concern. Amen. It is, it is, it is the enrichment, hallelujah, of love, the dependability of the family unit. Hallelujah. Now I'm, I'm going way back. I'm telling my age, but nobody in my house could eat till my dad got home. My dad worked every day. That was a model to us. Amen. When he came home, he washed up. We set the table. As a family, we ate. And if uh, my mother didn't put out a menu at 12 o'clock, she fixed what my dad liked. And if you didn't like it, you weren't hungry, but you sat there. There was no McDonald's, no Kentucky Fried, no Chipotle and all that. We had to... Amen. Sit there as a family unit. And you said, well, that's, that, that's, that's a prison. It ain't a prison. It was teaching us, hallelujah, order in the home. A respect for authority in the home. We couldn't uh, sassy our parents. We couldn't talk back. We couldn't call them by their first name. We couldn't get high with them. We couldn't get drunk with them. Lord have mercy. We couldn't party with them. There was a separation between parent and child. Mm. Mothers were the managers and homemakers 
of the home. Fathers were the providers, the disciples. Hallelujah. And the reason that we're in helter-skelter now is because the world is in the church, church is in the world. We have abandoned this enrichment that God is more concerned about you taking a clean slate of your children and modeling Christ and uh, concentrating on your compassion to them, your concern for them, amen, your guidance for them, your oversight of them, your accountability of them, enrichment. Love will cover a multitude of sins. We, we got to show, live out this love to our children, to our families, to our mates. The world will know you're my disciples by the love you have for one another. It's, it's a love that enriches a family. Now let me stop Paul's and Park because... As we carry out God's enrichment of love, it stabilizes the children. It gives them a sense of confidence and commitment. It enhances their compassion. It gives them a picture of grace. Hallelujah. Bring up a child in the way they should go. And when they get old, they will not depart. That is, amen, when you put these elements and principles in them, they may, get a, they, they may grow up and stray a little, but they're coming back to it. God has promised that. So this enrichment of love is, permeates a home. Permeates a home. And... We, we have to agree on what love is. Love is not buying a whole lot of toys at Christmas. Love is not material. Love, love is ethical. Lord have mercy. Love is uncompromising. Love is unconditional. Love is giving and forgiving and forbearing. Love is humbling ourselves and submitting to God in the fear of the Lord towards one another. We got to watch what we say, watch what we do, how we say it, how we do it. All of that is an enrichment of love. Now, some people can't love because they are in bondage from their past. Paul says... If a man cannot love his wife, he does not love himself. There, there's a connection between loving your mate and loving yourself. And, and for those of you that desire to pastor, if a man can't manage his oikos, his own home, how can he manage the house of God? If you got four in your house, what are you going to do with 400? The fact of the matter is, there is an enrichment. Now, much, much, much of this has been passed down. Some of us come out of hellacious families. 
We come out of broken families. We come out brokenness. We come out of being battered, bruised. We come out of uh, drunkenness and and folk dealing with addictions and and folk, amen, that have no sense of decency. We come out of that. But God is saying, "Uh uh-uh. The home has to be enriched with love. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, love your husbands. Submit. Children, listen, children, obey your parents. Small children, obey. Adult children, honor. This is the first commandment of promise. What do you mean by that? When you honor your parents that your life might be long on the face of the earth. God still holds us. He still holds us to that commandment to honor. You may not agree, but you have to honor. Hallelujah. This enrichment of love, of love, of love. And 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 let me say this about love, because love is not a feeling, Sister Arnold, it's a function. For God so loved the world. You think God was feeling good about Jesus being on the cross, being spit upon? No. It's a function. The function of love says, I love you in spite of you. I love you to enable you, to enhance you. I love you to discipline you. I love you ah, to help you. It's a function. If God was waiting on a feeling, our families would be in chaos. It's a function. Lord, give me the wherewithal to function with my family the way you would have me to function. Now, there are some wives that are more intelligent than their husband, more educated, more astute. Doesn't matter. You have to submit, subject yourselves as he is the head and the priest of the family. Well, he's not a priest. Well, help him to be one. Amen. That's God's design, not mine. And so when we begin to look at this enrichment of love, whether it's nuclear, traditional family, mother, father, biological kids, or single parent family where one person is doing everything, very difficult. We need to pray for them. Or a blended family where they are all kinds of multiplicities of things going on simultaneously where they know you're not their real father they know you're not their real mother they know they have a real father real mother they 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 know that they have uh suffered you have suffered in your past marriage relationship they know that you're bringing them into the proximity of a stranger and asking you to accept them as the mother and as the father blended families require a lot of acknowledgement acceptance and adjustment you got to pray through it Hallelujah. And you got to make boundaries for their parents and your kids. There's got to be boundaries involved. Jesus is first. That's your faith. Hallelujah. And faith in Christ will take you a long way. We, we have to enrich, hallelujah, our families 
with love. Well, what is love, preacher? Hmm. Being tender, spending time, being tenacious in making that your first priority. That's the family. Nothing, no friends, no none, none of your extended family, no organization, no recreation, nothing should precede your family. That's the unit that God has created to be numero uno, the family. Not only do we see the enrichment of the family, but we see the education, amen, of liberty within the family. Now, Proverbs chapter 1 through 7, and you've heard me preach this before, each chapter starts out, my son, my son. Solomon writing to Rehoboam, his son. Amen. And, and he's saying, my son, my son, my son. It is seven chapters of instruction about the company he keeps, about the ethics, about what he, uh, how he lives, about uh, what he does, what he agrees to, decision-making, direction of life. My son, my son, my son. Meaning Solomon was instructing his son Rehoboam about life. Fathers, you got to get up off the couch, turn the TV off from the football game, and you've got to spend time discipling your child. Your child. My son. It's, it's a lot of instruction. Most of it is by observation, caught and taught. You can't say praise the Lord in church on Sunday and something else Monday through Saturday. There's got to be a consistency in your demeanor. Hallelujah. That, that is that uh, uh, when he's dealing with this education after the enrichment uh, of, of liberty, fathers are to disciple their children. Now the mother has the mother, she's the nurturer. She's, she's the one with the complementary element of love. She teaches her children love as she nurtures to them. But the father is the instructor. He is the discipler. He is the one, amen, that begins this education process, amen, of creating a culture within them of righteousness, teaching them uh, what the Bible instructs us to teach our children. Hallelujah. Respect, restraint, reasoning, and responsibility. I had two paper routes before I was 14 because my parents taught me you got to work. Hmm. There were rules and regulations in the home. We had one black phone, the rotary. Nobody could use that. That was the red line for the parents. You didn't get that number out. Amen. When school started, we got one pair of shoes, one pair of sneakers, pair of flyers. Hallelujah. And if you wore your shoes out, you put cardboard in them. 
we wore hand-me-downs. Mother had six kids. We, we had a family of order and obligation. Amen. And, 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 and a lot of it came by way of education. We can't assume that our children know right from wrong. We can't assume that we can leave them alone and they'll be all right. We can't be in a war with our mates while the children are the audience. We, we cannot allow our daughters to pick up bad habits from the world or our sons, amen, to pick up bad habits from their friends. There, there is a lot of instruction. And, and I, I want to I say this, uh, educating them to be faithful to God, Jesus Christ. Bring up a child where he should go. You ought to pray with him. You ought to hold their hands. You ought to read the Bible with him. You ought to explain the scriptures to him. You ought to put him in Sunday school. You ought to put him under the word. You ought to give him a reverence for the house of God, the man of God. Amen. The doctrine of God. You, you, you have to educate them. Mm. You, we, we educate them. To be faithful to God. God rewards faithfulness. Yes, he does. We, we have to educate them, amen, to be focused on God. God is everywhere at the same time. God sees everything. God knows everything. We're not atheists. We're not agnostic. We're not in the cults. We're not into politics. We're into Jesus, the author, finisher, and sustainer of our faith. And and we got to educate them biblically. We got to educate them, amen, in becoming free from bondages. Now, we all got bondages. I was in the military seven years. I, I lived a reckless life, learned a lot of ungodly things, did a lot of ungodly things. But when I got saved, it's funny, the way I was raised was always in the back of my mind, even when I was out there. God would bring it back to my remembrance, back to my remembrance, back to my remembrance. And child of God, I want you to notice that uh, none of us came into this life finished. We were fractured. Messed up. Amen. Uh, Amen. And and God, when we are focused and when we are faithful and when we become free through the word of God from our bondages, we need to be free. We are prisoners. We are addicts. We are doers of unrighteousness. That, that is, we need to be educated, hallelujah, amen, to be fair and frugal. How do you handle money? How do you manage your life? How do you manage your future? How do you manage your resources? All that is a teaching mechanism. 
decision-making, direction, friends, education. All, all of that is a parent, a good godly parent, sitting down and taking a, a blank slate, which is your children, and, and putting the proper information within their lives. Educating them to be and to have a fortitude even when they're fractured. Educating them, Lord have mercy, uh, uh, to, uh, amen, finish out what they start. I talk to some people and I say, well, how many places have you worked? Like a hundred. Are you kidding me? Why do you have so many jobs? Why, why is it that you keep moving from one job to the other? Now, I know the day is different when I was raised. People are competing for different positions. I understand that. But your resume ought not have 100, 150 jobs on it. Something's wrong. There's an instability there. Yeah. Well, I left my last job because they wouldn't do me, right? Well, why did you leave the other 50? You were only there three months. We, we have to. Lord, have mercy. Educate. Educate, 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 and keep educating a child in the way they should go. That they trust the Lord, transfer their trials to God, trans, being transformed from trouble, being triumphant in calling on his name. Lord, have mercy. The wisdom my grandmother gave me, she only finished the sixth grade. I used to go up there and pour out my problems to her. She'd be sweating and fanning herself and she'd just say, I dare you to trust him. That was her whole theology. I dare you to trust Jesus. He's able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless. The Lord is my help. He's my healer. He's my way maker. He's my storm breaker. All that's got to be engineered into your children. You ought to supervise what they watch on TV. Uh-huh. Yeah, you ought to supervise what they have on their phone. You ought to supervise when they go on social media. Do I have a witness, church? You ought to oversee what they're interested in. You ought to disdain to them pornography, cursing, anger, murder, drugs. Not only enriching of love, but the, the, listen, the education of liberty. Now listen to this, Luke 15. The prodigal son was wild and went out into the world and wasted everything he had. But his brother wasn't wild, he was wounded. Angry, bitter, but he stayed home. Some of us have gone out and come back right. Some of us stayed home and we still messed up. 
The fact of the matter is, fathers have to instruct. Everything in life is an object lesson. Thank you, Jesus. I found a wallet. I, I don't know. I was eight, nine years old. It's about $6 in it, credit cards. And I said, boy, I took that money and spent it on a pinball machine. Went home. My dad said, well, how much money was in there? And he almost beat me. He put $6 of his and marched me around the lady's house and gave it back to her. And, and, and if I never learned a lesson of integrity, it was that evening. My dad modeled it in front of me. Learn to be honest. Learn not to be slick. I even had a rationale as to why I kept the money. Finders keepers, losers weepers. I said, no, that don't work. This poor lady's looking for her wallet. That's what the world is missing today in Washington, D.C., in our nation, in our world. Integrity, character, commitment. All of those things are educating devices that we must pour into our children. And you may have to punish them. You may have to chasten them in order for them to learn. You need to be long-suffering. You need to be good. You, you need to uh, uh, exercise the fruit of the Spirit, beginning with love, joy, long-suffering. Can I get a witness? You need to be tender. You need to spend time. You need to touch appropriately. You need, you need to put them on a street called straight. The family. My God. Hmm. An enrichment of love and education of liberty. But finally, and this is part of the deal, ah, that is an encouragement of leaving. You're getting quiet on me. A parent has done their job when your children leave. Our job is to make them independently responsible. I go back to the eagle and eaglet when a mother eagle is building a nest and the father eagle goes out and hunts and brings back food. That nest she began to construct the nest thorns at the bottom. She, she plucks thorns and put them at the bottom. Then she takes soft brush and puts it on top of the thorns. And the eaglets are in the nest. And they are being fed. They are being protected. They are taken care of. But as they grow and get heavier, they start sinking in the nest. And they start getting stuck by the thorns. And the sticking of the thorns... It, it, it means it's time to go now. Child of God, we have too many children at 50, 60, and 70 still home with their parents. That is a tragedy. I'm not telling you to throw your daughters out. I'm not even telling you to throw your sons out. But there needs to be a clear delineation of separation. I left home at 17. Rules, rules, rules. Went to the military seven years, more rules. 
What? Child, child of God. Yeah. They need to leave respectfully. You don't need to throw them out. They need to leave respectfully. Mom, dad, I think it's time for me to go. <laughs> and don't talk them back. They need to leave respectfully. They need to leave responsibly. They need to leave reassuredly. They, they need a proper departure. A perspective. Ah. Now they may come back for a meal every now and then, but no, you can't move back in. And when they get married and they have problems in their marriage, do not become the referee and let your daughter or son back in. Let them work it out. Uh-oh. Departure. What tells a parent that he or she or both of them have been successful in raising their children is this departure. When they go to leave and are independently responsible, you have done your job. When they go to school, they go to college, when they graduate, when they get a job, oh yeah, they're going to need your help along the way, transitionally. We understand that, but ultimately they need to be cut off. And, and, and child of God, I, I come to tell you that in this family unit, all in the family, there should be compassion, character, commitment, composure, confidence, uh, continuance, care, counsel, communion with Almighty God. As they respect, as they restrain, as they are responsible, love is a four-letter word meaning sacrifice, support, systematize. It means an enrichment of love, an education of liberty, and an encouragement to leave. We have done our jobs. The home, the nuclear, traditional home, the single parent home, the blended family home, all of these homes require a great deal of love, liberation, and leaving. And as we follow the word of God about humility and submissiveness, subjection, that we took vows to hang in there. We took vows to love and support. We took vows to sacrifice. We took vows to suffer (sighs) in richness and in poor, in sickness and in health, Forsaking all others, be glued to one another. Our children need a model and not a mischief. All in 
the family. God bless you. We love you. Jesus loves you. He died for your sins. Ask him to come in and save you. He's the son of God and God the son. And again, Friday, should the Lord's Spirit life delay is coming at 10 a.m. We're, we're going to stream the home going of Reverend Michael Poole, a great, great servant of God. God bless you. Have a great day. Jesus loves you, and I do too. Now that you have heard our commitment to the family, I'm sure it has changed your whole mindset about your loved ones. It has changed your mindset about your upbringing. It has changed your mindset about where you are right now in life. It has changed your mindset of where you plan to go. God has used our families as a foundational ground for our journey. We're all on a journey. And when the prodigal son took a journey, listen in. He came to his senses when he was going astray. God brings us back to our senses, but it starts with the family. Listen, all in the family. We love you. Thank you for listening. Did you know you can give using your smartphone? The method is simple, safe, and speedy. To give using this method, search for the SMBC app in your iOS or Google Play Store and download. Then launch the app and click on the Give button. Or feel free to give through our website. Go to www.stmatthewssbc.org, click donation, and fill out the St. Matthew's Secure Contribution and Payment Form.